What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodall, host of the Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-host Carter, who will introduce himself in a minute with our question of the week. If you're just joining us for the first time and you like this episode and you want to check out other episodes, um, you can find our other episodes at cm-life.com and any other place you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Just search Central Michigan Life Podcasts Raving Geeks. Um, so I'm going to start off this episode with a warning for anybody who's watching on YouTube that you might see a random tale um, because my cat Loki has appropriately decided he wants to join this episode. Um, if you're also on YouTube, you can see our backgrounds and Carter as the Joker, um, Joaquin Phoenixes, and I have fan art of Kaz Bracker and Ketterdam um, from the Grishaverse, Six of Crows. Um, so, with our question of the week, this lead to our topic a little bit, but Carter, which of your favorite villains or anti-heroes should get their own show or movie? Um, well, knowing that Joker is already getting a sequel, I think Scarecrow would be a really good villain to have a movie for. Uh, I would say Clayface, but Mike Flanagan also just pitched a movie for Clayface, so that might end up getting made. So, as long as we get a Scarecrow film, uh, I'm good. Wasn't, um, Cillian Murphy from Peaky Blinders, Scarecrow, and, um, Christian Bales? Yeah, it was the Dark Knight... Okay. Uh, Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins. He was the scarecrow, yes. I just wanted to make sure I had my villains correct in which films. Because DC tends to put it, them in a lot and overlap. So I just wanted to make sure I was correct on which one. Yeah, I really want Jamie Campbell Bauer to play Scarecrow, who was one or Vecna from Stranger Things. I think he'd do a really good yes. job. He was also one of the vampires... Uh, that was like the the Volturi mm-hmm. in uh, the Twilight series. And he did a really good job with that. I will say that for that series, they did a good job with the Volturi at least. Um, I will say that this is definitely because I'm currently in my Grishaverse phase, um, but also because I think they deserve it. Um, I think the Crows slash Kaz Brecker deserve their own show so any netflix netflix execs if you're uh would you like to contribute loki um if you are listening or watching you should definitely uh give the green light for the six of crows spinoff that would be fantastic um but i think there would be a lot that they could use instead of just in shadow and bone where they kind of gave glimpses that they could really dive deeper into Kaz Brecker and the other crows, um, their backstories and fleshing them out a little bit more like in the books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. If you guys have a favorite villain or anti-hero that you think deserves their own show or movie, let us know uh, either in the comments on YouTube or reach out to us on social media. Um. So now on to geek news for the week. Carter, what have you got for us? Uh, I got a good chunk of news. Uh, Insidious 5 got its title revealed, which is called being called Insidious the Red Door. That's a little disappointing because its working title, Fear of the Dark, is much better in my opinion. Um, but I understand why they called it the Red Door, and I'm still excited for Insidious 5. Uh, Netflix announced their Scott Pilgrim anime series voice cast, and it's basically everybody from the live-action movie. Uh, I couldn't be any happier with that. Uh, Mela, Mea Keola, I think is her name, was cast as uh, Lilo for the live-action Lilo and Stitch movie, and she looks exactly like Leo. It's almost uncanny, so good job on Disney for that. And I will um, say to anybody who is hating on her, 
First off, she is a child and does not deserve any sort of hate. Second off, that movie was always set in the Hawaiian Islands. So get over yourselves for casting. Wait, people are mad about her being um Samoan? Yeah. But it's because people need people it's need a Samoan to... movie. <laughs> I yep. I I don't know. There's no logic behind why they are mad. That, that's just... so strange. The only reason to be mad is that it's another live action remake from Disney. But that doesn't mean you hate on the culture that the movie is based off of. But this has been in the works for years. So, like, they just finally started really focusing on it. So, people have known about this being live action for a while. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, HBO is getting uh, another Game of Thrones series based off of Aegon the First, which is really cool. Fingers crossed for Henry Cavill being Aegon the first. And then Jason Momoa's Minecraft movie gets a release date of 2025. Uh, I think it was uh, April 4th. So Reese, if you're listening, <laughs> your birthday in two years, we're going to go see the live action Jason Momoa Minecraft movie. Uh, I wish it was animated. I, I really wish it was, but that's okay. Uh, that's all my news. How about you, Hope? Um... So Netflix has already renewed the Night Agent for season two, um, which of course does not make me happy that Shadow and Bone has not been renewed for season three yet, but still holding out hope for season three of Shadow and Bone. But yeah, so if you liked the Night Agent, I got about halfway through the first episode and then had to stop for multiple reasons. Um, But I do plan on trying to continue it. Um, going off of Disney's live action, um, Moana is getting a live action film. Um, Dwayne Johnson is going to be part of it. I'm not sure if he's playing Maui again. Um, when he posted the video on TikTok, he had his daughters with him and, um, was talking about, like mana and ohana um and like what the film means to the samoan culture as well um and then he also had a giant hook like maui's hook Mm -hmm. and his daughters were carrying it his two daughters were carrying it together and they brought it to him and then he was carrying it um and then there was a really cute moment at the end where he asked them if he was maui and they said no and then he was like, well, do you want ice cream? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, well, there you go. Daddy's Maui. Hmm. Um, so it's really adorable. And you should, guys should go check that out either way. Um, I'm not sure how to feel about this next one because I'm still in love with the original cast. But Harry Potter is getting a seventh season um, new adaptation at HBO Max. So... Basically, each season will be one of the books. Um, I am not sure who is casting because it was just announced. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they bring back some of the original cast members for stuff. But at the same time, like, let's give way to new era of actors and actresses as well. Um, But also, if freaking Tom Felton does not play Lucius Malfoy, I might be a little upsetty spaghetti. Um, because he is still very much Draco Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Um, Zolo Maraduena is the first is DC's first Latino-led superhero in Blue Beetle, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Um, that trailer just dropped as well, um, and it actually looks kind of cool. Like you, you wouldn't necessarily think that with something called Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle. Um, but it looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Pratt announced that he will be the lead voice in the upcoming film adaptation of Disney's Mickey Mouse, which isn't coming to screens until 2025. Um, so I'm not sure if he is going to be Mickey Mouse or if it's going to, he's like the narrator talk and who's narrating Mickey Mouse's life. He didn't really say that. He just said he was the lead voice in the upcoming film adaptation. Mm -hmm. Um, With HBO Max's It prequel series, they have announced four new cast members. The first four for the prequel 
It's Taylor Page, um, Jovan Adepo, James Remar, and Chris Chalk. Um, they are joining producer, co-producer J- Jason Fuchs, um, and filmmakers Andy and Barbara Muschetti. Um, so that's super exciting for fans of it. And then uh, my final bit of geek news is that, well, okay, I have two pieces, but one is very specific to CMU. Um, so it sounds like the next Fast and Furious movie, Fast 10, is officially going to say goodbye to um, Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor. Um, Vin Diesel wasn't too specific on it other than like um saying that that moment the moment that Paul Walker passed away in 2013 when the world was struggling with his loss the studio made a very bold and righteous and daring decision to keep Brian O'Connor alive I will give you this without spoiling anything I couldn't imagine this saga ending without truly saying goodbye to Brian O'Connor um and then they were also talking about that um, they're trying, the franchise is trying to bring everything back full circle and go back to the franchise's roots um, with street racing between the explosive action and heists and rivalries. Um, so I don't know if they're going to kill off Brian O'Connor because that was something that was speculated or if they're going to send Mia and Brian off and not use Mia at all either what exactly. Um, but giving saying goodbye to Brian O'Connor makes me think that they're going to kill him off somehow. Um, not sure how. We're still speculating because no one's giving spoilers. Um, and my final bit of geek news, which is very specific to CMU. Um, but if you are around Mount Pleasant or are willing to make however long the hour drive is... Um, to come to CMU on April 25th, which is a Tuesday at 8 p.m. in Plakta Auditorium in Warner Hall, Nick Stone is going to be speaking at CMU. She is the author of the novel Dear Martin, um, and she also has a book based on Shuri from Black Panther, and it's a free event, and you can also, um, there's also a moderated Q&A as well as a book signing after. Um, I'm going because I got to see Angie Thomas, and to see Angie Thomas's best friend, Nick Stone, I am very happy about that. Um, and also, why it's not being broadcasted more at CMU, I don't know. Um, but she's basically going to be talking about like her the title of her speech is being human the power of storytelling um so yeah i'm super excited because i cannot wait to hear from her i love her novels as well as um her storytelling of her own but yeah that is all the geek news that i've got for Mm y'all so on to our topic of the week um i know in the past, we did an episode that was Valentine's Day, um, and it was all about villains, um, and like our favorite villains and everything. So this one is gonna be more centered on like the storytelling aspect of villains and antiheroes. Um, so like, what gave us the idea and like basis for our topic today is movies like Maleficent um and Megamind um Carter were you able to think of any others because I think those were the only two I put in the chat uh Joker Morbius uh, Venom um I think that's kind of it that I can think of I forgot you literally had Joker as your background and my mind did not register that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Suicide Squad kind of falls into it as well. Yeah, no, Suicide Squad definitely falls into it. You're uh, right about that. Both Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. 
Um, but you know, villains are important in storytelling. Um, there are um there are stories that we see in movies or books where the villain isn't necessarily an actual person or being, but something like time or just like circumstances. Um, the one that I can think of that I thought of earlier was La La Land. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one, Carter? Yeah, oh yeah, I love La La Land. That okay. story is so tragic though. <laughs> See, that one for me, like that one was one that my mom and I saw together and we were like, my dad would hate this because he would just get confused during it. Um, but also that one has a happy ending, but it's not Hollywood happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one does not have an actual person that's a villain. Um from what I remember, it's more just like their dreams don't line up well mm-hmm. enough for them to stay together and get the Hollywood happy ending. Um, and so like it's more circumstance. But villains are very important and anti-heroes are very important. Um, and so first of all, Carter, who is your first favorite villain or anti-hero? Uh, my first villain or anti-hero Ooh. well <laughs> a joker is like my, a villain he's not really an anti-hero but i love joker so much he's just he's such a great character to look at and analyze and just read about he's such an intriguing character that you basically know nothing about him and yet you just fear him just the possibility of what he can do and what he can bring is such a great character design and yeah. i really love reading about him I will say, because I haven't read the comics, and I think I've said that before on here, should nobody get mad at me, because you've been told before. Um, But I'll be honest and say Heath Ledger's Joker is the only one that has truly ever frightened me. Mm-hmm. But I think that was also because I watched that movie when it was dark, and I was by myself. Mm. And then my friend did a really good impersonation of, do you want to know how I got these scars? And mm-hmm. I it was marching band season. Let's just say we almost lost a baritone player because he would not stop doing it and freaking me out. <laughs> um, but I think if in the next Batman movie with um, Robert, Robert, Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, I was like, James Patterson, that's not the right name. Robert Pattinson, um, that if we get Barry Keoghan's Joker, I think he would come a close second to Heath Ledger's um joker for me but we'll see if we get that but yeah I do, I do want to see more of him because he's such a great actor and uh, him being joker is a very unique choice and with all the roles that he's had it'll be very cool to see like what he does with that character yeah and mm-hmm. i think too i like when he played Druig, i think Druig was kind of an anti-hero for some parts of the Eternals. Yeah. Um, he was just, he wasn't even really an anti-hero. He just kind of wanted to be left alone and do his own thing. Well, he also, he didn't want the wars and the genocides that were happening. Like you could tell just how much he cared, but because the Eternals weren't supposed to get involved, he became a villain because he took over the minds of all, this entire civilization. Mm-hmm. and was like no we're gonna go live in peace and harmony and you're not gonna hurt each other but now i'm an outcast because i went and did what was against the the rules of being an eternal mm-hmm. um but so my favorite villain or anti-hero oh my god it's easier to say who i hate i will say I don't necessarily, she's not, I don't know if she's my top, truly top one, but Cypher from the mm-hmm. Fast and Furious franchise. Um, first off, Charlie Theron does a phenomenal job um, with Cypher in the series. Um, but she's just so like methodical and manipulative and she always knows just the right buttons to push or right words to say and she's so human 
Like, it's not even, like, she's not covered in makeup or anything like Joker or some of the other villains we might know in superhero stuff. Like, she is very much human, and I think that's what makes her creepier and scarier to me, is just, like, the ability to manipulate and turn things towards your advantage, towards her advantage, that makes her very compelling villain and a very well done villain mm-hmm. um yeah but so when we're talking about these two i feel like the line between villain and anti-hero gets blurred like it's not as black and white as we think mm-hmm. and it very definitely depends on how the story is told um and I think the movies Maleficent do a really nice job of showing that off really well, um, as well as all the other ones that we've said. Although I haven't seen Joker, so I can't comment on that one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's such a fine line between what you consider a villain and what you consider an anti-hero. But then I feel like it mostly comes down to motivation. Yeah, it definitely comes down to motivation and past actions. Yeah. Well, and not even like necessarily the past actions of the character, but like the past actions of the other characters. So Mm -hmm. like what happens to the villain or anti-hero like right and what caused them to like turn yeah yeah exactly because we see it a lot um where you know it's just oh they're cruel because you know that's just who they are and i think the musical wicked does that really well too um where then they show like how alphabet actually becomes the villain of the story um because she was like um it's wrong to experiment on these creatures when like putting the wings on the monkeys to make them flying monkeys mm-hmm. and then she's like nobody should have the power of the grimoire and then they're like oh she's the villain now but it's like mm, but is she is she really or is she just trying to help people and mm-hmm. it, it's not turning out how it's how she wants it to turn out right right um but yeah so who would you say is your least your most hated villain or anti-hero oh do i hate um dang i wish i prepared more uh there's (laughs) no true villain that i really hate um but like I don't want to bring up Morbius again, but Morbius, you know, uh, there's just so much that could have been done with his character, you know. He's 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 got such an interesting backstory in the comics. I mean, he's a doctor who wants to help people with blood diseases by controlling the blood cells inside of it, and the through genetic mutation, he thought he could achieve that, but he ended up just becoming the thing that he hated, and which was causing diseases and killing people. So mm-hmm. I think like the ironic twist of fate, which is something that was not touched upon in the movie, would have, you know, increased that movie to a better liking, in my opinion. Yeah, I I definitely understand that. Like, there was a lot in Morbius that I was like, why didn't you expand upon that? Oh, okay, we're shifting on to the next thing. Wait, but I wouldn't know. Then we're so I I definitely could see where, um like they could have expanded upon it and made it so much better um but if i remember correctly that was sony going f you marvel we can make our own superhero movie it really and, was and they're still doing it i i feel like the venom movies aren't necessarily as bad the venom movies are a one in a million chance you know <laughs> They just happen to be dumb fun. Like, I love the first one just because it's just fun. The second one, uh, it's just more of the same thing. So I hope the third one changes it up a little bit. I half wonder if part of it is the actor or, like, the act, you know, who who is playing the character. 
I mean, Tom Hardy does his homework, though. You know, he did his homework for Bane. He did his homework for, um, Bane. he's in a bunch of other stuff. But no, he's usually not the actor to take that kind of stuff lightly. So yeah, and I actually like his interpretation of Eddie. It's more of like the loser version of Eddie than more of the tough badass version. But it's still a characteristic that they decided to expand upon, and I like yeah. that it's different. Also, that just means the MCU doesn't have to do the loser version. They can do the tough, gruff version, which is what I'm hoping they're going to do. Well, and like also because I think about, um, oh my gosh, Morbius' actor. Matt Smith. Jared Leto. Oh, wait, Jared Leto. I was thinking of Milo. Oh, God, I blundered that so bad. That was so terrible. Oh, that was a terrible blunder. Oh, God. My dad's never going to let me... Uh, let that down. That was awful. Jared Leto, um, because when he did Joker too, like I feel like his Joker was just kind of like one dimensional, like he didn't really expand on the creepiness of Joker or how possessive he was of Harley Quinn, but then how easily he, how ready he was to just drop her in the yeah. Suicide Squad. Like yeah. I feel like he as an actor could have just deepened that character just a little bit more but he was just like nah i'm only in this movie for like a total of 10 minutes so i'm just gonna do surface level i do not think it was his fault because he didn't technically write the script though he helped he didn't write it so but i I do think that i like the the basis of that character it's the gangster version of joker i'm like okay it's the batman animated series gangster version that's okay it just doesn't do anything in the movie that's yeah. the thing that bothers me. He he's just there to be Harley Quinn's to be a Harley Quinn plot point. It's the yeah. reason why he's in the movie. Which but, is, I mean, but it's the Joker for the love of God. You gotta have yeah. him just a plot point. Like you gotta be creepier than just having your hand being the creepy smile. Like if you yeah, or can't... the grilled teeth or the damaged tattoo across a boy like that's... if if you can't do that as an actor if you can't give the creepy face and you need your a uh, painted smile on your hand to be able to do that for you you do not deserve to be joker especially yeah, I... the creepy joker to admit he did do a better job in the Zack snyder's justice league version he was really good as that he was like portrayed as like joker but if joker was like the antichrist which i thought was a really really cool detail and i'm like damn it if only we had the zack snyder vision come true we would have actually gotten a good jared leto joker which bums me out so bad but that's okay we have walking phoenix now we technically get the four hour long zack snyder we did but that was only part one of a three-part story so it wasn't the complete vision gotcha okay Mm -hmm. I did not know that there were supposed to be three parts to the Zack Snyder universe movie storyline. Yep. So I will give Jared Leto the benefit of the doubt to say that he could have been at least a mediocre Joker. Mm-hmm. That was not meant to rhyme. If he was given the chance. Yeah. But I also feel like Jared Leto's acting for a lot of his stuff it's just kind of like on the surface level that he doesn't fully dive deep. Now, I also don't know what some of his favorite like movies to have acted in um, that maybe he really pushed for, that he was really passionate about, that maybe that changes how he acts on things. Um, but, um, so yeah, mm-hmm. let's see. My... No one should be surprised by this answer whatsoever. Um, my most hated villain is Dolores Umbridge. I absolutely despise her. Um, mm. I don't. There was a comparison to her being Betsy DeVos at one point. Well, Betsy DeVos was in part in charge of the U.S. Department of Education, um, and it was especially more comical because Betsy DeVos was wearing an all pink outfit. And Dolores Umbridge with all pink outfit. Um, but like Dolores Umbridge for me, there was no backstory or anything for her to be as cruel and like vicious as she was. Not even in the books? 
I don't fully remember, but like there wasn't much backstory besides she was just there to reform the school to make it how what was it? Fudge was first, I think. Cornelius Fudge was the first prime minister before Voldemort came back. Oh, I don't remember. Don't stand on the computer. No. <laughs> Sorry. The villain of my household is tr- deciding to he wants attention. Loki. Um, and decided that he wants to try and step on my computer. Um, but like Dolores Umbridge, like she was there to, you know, make the school so that it was reputable for Fudge and, you know, the ministry so that it was following what the ministry wanted. Um, but like then her creating all these different things of like no clubs or, you know, you have to stand five feet apart from each other or whatever. Like, I can understand the, you know, dress code, you know, enforcing the dress code because you want them to be proper, whatever. I get that. But it's like, really? They have to stand so far apart from each other? What are we? Like, the Christian church camp that says boys and girls must be, you know, allow space for the Holy Spirit to go through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like and then when she, you know, with the punishment of you of the spelled quill that used blood instead of ink. Mm-hmm. I was like, that doesn't teach them the lesson. That just teaches them to hate you. Yeah. Like, but I think that was also kind of the point that JK Rowling was going for. I guess I feel like how- sorry, what? Nah, you know, I guess that's what makes her a good villain because you love to hate her and you just want to see her die, you know? Gosh. I so wish that she had died in the Forbidden Forest. That's the one thing about the Harry Potter um, lore that I can't stand is that they didn't kill Umbridge after all the terrible things that she did. I know. And they killed Bellatrix instead. I'm like, ah! And, like, Bellatrix is the perfect example of, like, first off, she is just not mentally all together and then she becomes super infatuated with I'm not going to call it love because I don't think it was really love but she became super infatuated with Tom Riddle Voldemort Mm -hmm. and so then of course she's going to do things and because she's not mentally fully there you know her mental capacity is like oh this is fun because I have power and people are scared of me so like like, it made sense for Belgium as, like, with her family background, too, being the uh, pure blood family. And, you know, during the Wizarding Wars, that mm-hmm. you wanted the pure blood. And, like, that made sense. All I like, just, okay. Yeah. I can understand Bellatrix. I don't necessarily like her, but, like, I understand how she's, how her thought process is. I mean, for me, she's like the Harley Quinn of the Harry Potter universe. She's nuts, but she's hot. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Radcliffe had a crush on uh, Helena Bottom Carter. So, okay, really quick tangent. Have you seen the meme that Tim Burton secretly ships his wife, Helena Bottom Carter, with Johnny Depp? No, I didn't see that. That's a meme? There is a meme about that because of how many movies Helena Bottom Carter and Johnny Depp have been in where they play like the opposite leading characters that are in a relationship. And then Tim Burton is the one producing and directing it. Was Helen in um, Pirates at all? No. Okay. But Tim Burton didn't make that movie franchise either. I know, but I was—I thought you were just—I didn't know if you were talking about just Tim Burton films or like all films with Johnny Depp in them. Mostly just Tim Burton films. So like, um, like other- Sweeney Todd was one. Oh yeah. Um, the um, oh gosh, was it Nightmare Before Christmas? I think. Yeah, it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Wait, who does she play? Is she Sally? I think. Maybe. Maybe it's not that one. Yeah, wait a minute. I don't think Johnny Depp is... Um... But then there was also the Alice in Wonderland series that they were both in. That was the Tim Burton series. And... Yeah, he was Matt Hatter and... Was she the queen? 
Yeah, she was the queen of hearts. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, no, it's wow. Danny Elfman plays Jack's going, and I did not know that. Oh, and no, Catherine O'Hara is Sally. It wasn't that one? It was, but there are like five, four or five different Tim Burton films where they're in it together. Mm-hmm. And so there's this like joke and meme that Tim Burton secretly ships his wife with Johnny Depp. Okay. Which I find hilarious. <laughs> but it's also funny. like they have really good screen chemistry together. Yeah, they really do. Like they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think ending tangents. <laughs> like I can understand like even Voldemort I can kind of understand part of his reasoning for being the way that he is because you know he was he had the you know he was in the orphanage and everything and he was different um but then it was really the pure blood slytherins that really like accepted him more and you know so he was able to kind of amass to power that way so i i get that and I get under hating the muggles because his dad and everything. But Dolores Umbridge just has like no real reason for being as cruel as she is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't. We're just, and so I don't know if she's my most hated villain because like, I can't see why she's the way that she is. Mm-hmm. Or if she's my most hated because she's so well done for being the way that she is that it's just completely awful Mm -hmm. yeah i agree but all right so on to our next piece which is something that i'm coming up with right now yes i also forgot speaking of loki Mm-hmm. That Loki is part of the anti-hero slash villain category that blurs the lines. Yeah, that's true. I consider him more of a hero now. It's really weird. Like, I don't even know what to consider Loki. He's not an anti-hero. He's not an anti-villain. He's not a villain. And he's not technically a hero because of the shit that he pulled in Thor and Avengers. So, yeah, he's just kind of his, I call it the Loki category. <laughs> he's, Loki. he's his own category. He's, you know, yeah, he's a Loki. He's a, um. oh, crap, I forget the term for it but you know he's a wild card he's a wild yeah. card yeah i would say that there are other wild cards out there mm-hmm. what they are at the moment i cannot think um because it is end of week mm-hmm. <laughs> and brain is fried um but i think like loki's character too really shows the blurred lines not only because he's his own category but because he does go from the villain, you can see the villain aspect and how he becomes the villain. But then you can also see him like start to change mm-hmm. and be like, no, I kind of want to do good. I'm still going to cause mischief because it's fun. But I'll do some sort of good things mm-hmm. to like, oh, crap. Now I got to go save the universe and be the hero and everything I knew was wrong because, you know, the clock world, whatever it's called. I can't remember what it's called. The clock, you, the TVA? Yeah, them. Oh. Thank you. I okay. was thinking of the the little woman clock thing that's kind of creepy. Oh, Miss Minutes. Yeah. yeah. Minutes. Um, yeah. I don't know if she would be considered a villain or anti-hero. She's just creepy. She's just an AI technology, so she's not even really real. Well, I can't really say that because Jarvis became Vision. So it is possibility for her to become real. <laughs> but yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to throw out a hot take. I think Loki is the most developed character in cinema history besides Anakin Skywalker. Mm. Like, name another character in film history that has had eight films to just basically develop. He's been in eight films. Wait a minute. Yes, and I guess it depends on how you define develop. Ragnarok. Because completely changes the character. So when you look at him in Thor, and when you look at him in Oh, I was talking about Anakin. Oh, Anakin? Well, it's same case actually. When you look at him from episode one and then to episode six, he's a completely different character. Yeah. So I guess he's kind of the opposite of Loki. Yeah. 
Because he tur- he goes from he's supposed to be the hero to he becomes the villain. Yeah, he goes okay. from good, bad, good, and then Loki goes from bad, good, bad, good again. I guess, I guess what's like influencing my other part, like part of my view on Anakin, is the fact that someone made like a Tumblr post that the reason why he saved Luke was purely for dramatic effect because he's just very dramatic and what better way to go out than a dramatic losing hand and saving son and you know i mean like the reason that scene has context is because of the countless comic books and books that vader has had uh he was a very damaged person and he kind of wanted to die so yeah it was also that's like a very character thing that isn't touched about vader or anakin uh when anakin becomes vader he's very suicidal like he wants to die throughout the entire books movies like you know he's just waiting for it it's really really depressing i mean to be fair he literally has to use his suit to live yeah and so, he's also ruled by an evil space yeah. so yeah his life is pretty hell <laughs> i like it's it's not something that is completely out of the world to understand like you actually are like nope i get it um other anti-heroes um so this is going to be a throwback and i don't know if you've seen this i don't know if you're old enough to have seen it now granted i watched it on netflix because i was not old enough to watch it when it was actually on tv okay um merlin the show merlin it's on my watch list. I just have yet to watch it yet. See, because that show shows another like fantastic how a character goes from really good and passionate and compassionate, has empathy to what creates them to be a villain in Morgana. Because mm-hmm. Morgana starts off as the one who's she's trying to help people. Like she she cares about everyone. She, you know, she's actively trying to help people. Um, like child Mordred, she tries, you know, she's help saves him to get him out of the castle. And um, and then you can see how learning that Uther is her father and all his anti-magic, you know, changes her. And I really feel like if she did not have um Crap, what was her sister's name? Oh, wait. Mor- Morgan Le Fay? Isn't that, like, her actual name? Morgana? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, the I show from, kind like, of... You know, like, the old King Arthur. Yeah. Like, as Morgan yes. Le Fay. No, yeah, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. No, good um, But there was... Blonde and I... Oh, my gosh. I can't remember her name, but she comes in... And she basically, like, manipulates Morgana, Morgos. Um, she manipulates Morgana, because I think they technically have sisters or something, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um, and then you can see just, like, how much Uther's anti-magic and everything, and then Morgos's influence on her really changes her. And I'm like, no, you need to stick by Arthur and Merlin, because they will keep you good. They will, they can teach you how- Merlin will, like, I was I was really rooting for the whole Merlin showing Morgana how to use magic and them being a power dynamic. Not, not necessarily couple in the way of, like, romantic couple, but, like, power couple in, like, best friends type way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can really see how, she, like, why she does what she does and, like, how she becomes the villain of the story as well. Um, and I will also say that Mordred, because they do keep that Mordred is the villain and Arthur the Bane, Arthur's Bane, however you say that, whichever way that goes. Um, like they do keep that, but they also make it Arthur slash Merlin's fault for the reason why Mordred kills Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. You should definitely go watch that show on Netflix because it yeah. is fantastic. I know. I've heard many things. 
it is i absolutely love bradley james and um oh my gosh colin Colin Morgan oh. and Katie McGrath. If you guys watch Supergirl, she was Lex Luthor. She was Lena Luthor. Oh yeah, I know her. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was fantastic in Merlin. Um, but yeah, it was a really great series, and there were a lot of other. Some of the knights, a couple of the knights, have been in other things since. Is there Gawain um, in that show at all? Who? Sir Gawain or Sir Gawain? Yeah, Gawain oh. is in there. Um, he is hilarious, and his relation, his friendship with Percival is fantastic. That makes sense. Um, Lancelot is not in it as long as you think. He's only in it for about six episodes, I think, in total. Huh. And he's like um, popular knights. That's interesting. Yeah, he was, and they do have like the twist of um the love triangle mm. but it only lasts for a little bit for like an episode okay it kind of lasts over a few but like it really gets centered on in one episode um and then it causes things to happen and yeah it's a really good series and morgan lefay morgana it is also a really good example like how they created her to show how villains get made Mm -hmm. that's super cool yeah oh i realized the other ones that i was thinking about the other movies the descendants movies oh yeah they are you know they are called the villain kids um because they are the children of the original villains for disney um, but the it's the third one specifically, yes, the third one um, that also shows that you don't have to be the descendant or the child of a villain to become a villain, because they have Audrey, who is the da- daughter of Aurora, Sleeping Beauty. Um, she becomes a villain in the third movie. And it's hmm. actually up to all the villain kids to try and stop her. Hmm. Um, but that one you can also see like how she becomes a villain and then her realizing the error of her ways um, after all the destruction, of course. But hmm. And then you also have Hades in the third movie, which is beautiful. He was very well casted. Um, and if he does not make a resurgence in the next Descendants movie, I'm going to be very upset because he was fantastic. And I would like to see Grandpa Hades. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What else do you have on this topic? Because you were the one who came up with this topic. That's too. true. That's true. That's true. I gotta show up. I gotta show up. Uh, Bowser's a great villain and anti-hero because in multiple games he is played as a hero, especially in the Mario Luigi rpg series they're more like frenemies it's really funny um and bowser's just always been one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite villains um yeah he's just great i love him (laughs) i feel like if we're gonna go on that route i'm i'm swinging it back to movies a little bit because this is what i know but wreck it ralph that ralph is seen as the wow I i didn't even think about that yeah you're totally I didn't right. think of it until you said Bowser, and then I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, and the villains meeting, the villains meeting." Oh, that's such a great, that's such a great underrated Disney movie. I can't believe not as many people like it, and it it's basically what got the video game movie trend started again. Oh yeah, because it like it showed up and it, but it wasn't just the old video games. Like it was new stuff too. Yeah. yeah, it was like including the new ones and it was, oh, they actually have their own universe outside of their games where they all connect. It's such and... a great idea too, through the outlets. I'm like, that is so genius. I didn't even think about that. It's and such then the Wi Fi coming up. And they're like, what's Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. That's those are great movies. Yeah. And yeah, and then when the uh the one I think it was in Wreck It Ralph 2, maybe. Maybe it was the first one. No, no, it was the second it was one. The third, where was, the different characters adopt 
the like the little girls from the one video game because their video game got broken. Oh yeah, I think that's the second movie. Yeah. Because okay. that was when um oh gosh, what's her name? When she went and she stayed with Adina Manzel's video game character on in the Wi-Fi. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I just don't remember her name. All I can remember is Six of Felix and Wreck It Ralph for some reason, and Penelope, but I can't remember uh, her character's name for the life of me. Mm. Yeah, but it was that those movies are also fantastic at showing. They are. Um, and like in all honesty, I don't think there is anything out there. If someone can think of something where there is an act. Where I'm wrong, tell me because I want to know what it is. <laughs> um, but like where there's not a villain of some sort, and like I do mean this in villain is time or um, circumstance, um, as well as an actual person, because I don't think there is anything like that out there because you need that conflict or like the villain. Hmm. But I feel like villains are also very underrated. Oh, wait a minute. What was your question again? I think I just thought of something. Where, like, there isn't actually a villain. Inside Out. But technically, the villain is happy. What? No, it's not. Yes, it is, because she tries to keep everything happy. The villain is Riley herself. But the... It's her own... Her emotions are Riley. No, it's not. The whole movie is about the whole the dynamic between happy and sad and the balance of emotions. That doesn't make exactly. them a villain. That's why happy is the villain. God. Mother. Because she tries to make everything happy, so then she tries to keep sadness away. Because and that's then the sad- role and the whole the, the whole misunderstanding of roles. Yeah. That doesn't make her a villain just because she doesn't a hundred percent know what she's doing. Plus, but she that's... was the first one in Riley's mind. She started everything. <laughs> That's the whole point of this episode, though, is that the line between villain and anti-hero or hero is very blurred. Because Happy is the villain, in a sense, because it's her fault for trying to keep every all of Riley's memories happy and not have any sadness or anything. That it she ends up fighting with sadness, and then they end up disappearing into Riley's subconscious... And so then Riley has no idea what's going on. And because Happy Happy is trying to maintain everything is happy and there can be no sadness. Like, like she's she's also kind of the hero, but she's also mostly the villain. Or anti-hero, if you want to put it that way, instead of true villain. Uh, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but I'll accept it. I mean, because she is the conflict. Because yeah. you can't have... I'll agree with you. She is the conflict. That is 100% true. Yeah. The whole conflict resolves around her and her need for control. Exactly. That is it. That I can agree to. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. If anyone can come up with something that doesn't have a villain or, you know, the anti-hero. I would love to hear what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think there is anything because villains are very important to stories Mm -hmm. because they create the conflict. They create the thing that not necessarily needs to be fixed, um, but needs to be resolved in some way. Um. Because, like, even when you think of anti-heroes, they create some, they kind of work on the chaos, and they resolve the chaos, or they are able to manage the chaos to make it not as chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they're just very important. And honestly, I would love more stories that are like Maleficent or Wreck-It Ralph or the Descendants movies where they flip it on the idea of a villain on its head. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's also why I love Maleficent too, was that the queen 
was the true villain, not Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Philip's mother was the true. Not that, sorry if I just spoiled anything for anybody. If you yeah, haven't seen Maleficent, been out since 2012, you're fine. Has it really? Yeah, it's old. It's either 2012 or 2013. No, Maleficent number one was 2014. Really? Maleficent Mistress of Evil was 2019. Damn, the sequel came out that late? Jeez. Yes. Yikes. I remember seeing trailers for that movie. Hmm. But yes, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, right? Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer was the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, She did it very well. But you could tell from the beginning, too, that something wasn't quite right with her. But like also, you don't know if it's just because you're so used to the fairy world the fae world um and you're not used to the human world as much um but that was definitely like a movie that showed villain isn't always who you think Mm -hmm. and it would be fantastic to i feel like this was a movie i could be very wrong i feel like i'm very wrong I thought there was a movie about Ursula. Maybe it was just A Little Mermaid 2 where Ursula's sister came on and kind of explained things. Yeah. Um, maybe Ariel's Beginnings. Maybe it was in 3. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, crap. There was a lot of Little Mermaids. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> My favorite Disney princess has an unremarkable amount of sequel trash. <laughs> um, But, like, Ursula, I would really love a Ursula-centered movie that is like Maleficent. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you keep her the villain where she stays the villain or if you make her the hero. Like, I don't care what way that goes. But, like, I would really love an Ursula, like, origin story. Yeah, I'd love to see the transformation between Mermaid and Sea Witch. Like, it seems like such an interesting background. But then also, like, because her sister, if I remember correctly, her sister didn't look as like octopus-ish as Ursula did. Yeah, that's because she was a squid. Yeah, but like it's still she was still closer to like this mermaid look mm-hmm. than Ursula, which makes you think that Ursula went through more in order to become the sea witch. Right. But I mean Disney, I'm just throwing you out ideas. So if you want to hey, hire we're me. Do a prequel movie, why not? <laughs> I mean, if if uh, Melissa McCarthy is as good as it, it seems like she is as Ursula, I would be totally down with her being Ursula in a prequel movie. I mean, she's perfect casting. I can't imagine another actor to be Ursula other than <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. The fact, too, that she used drag like as 100% her inspiration for the Ursula outfit and every, like, costuming. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like, yes! Let's use underappreciated artists mm-hmm. and show off how amazing they are. I was like, the, it, as soon as that came out, I was like, this makes so much sense as to why it's so amazing looking. Like, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. So we would like to know what you guys um, think. Who are your favorite villains or antiheroes? Who's your least favorite or your most hated, not least favorite? Because I feel like least favorite doesn't give as much to talk about. Oh, we got a dog incoming. <laughs> um, but so, you know, you guys can reach out to us. But so, what to end our episode? We always like to end with some geeky recommendations. Um, whether this is books, movies, TV shows, um, something in our community, anything that we want to geek out on um, and share with you guys to have you guys geek out on as well. So, Carter, what have you got for us? Uh, this weekend is a really big weekend for movies. We have the by the time this recording, the Mario movie will already be out. So mm-hmm. go see so we can get a Luigi's Mansion movie um, and then air by. Oh, God. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon just came out about the Michael B. Jordan shoes and how they were made. That also came out, I think, the same day. And also this Friday, uh, Paint with Owen Wilson. It's a um, parody biopic about Bob Ross's life and certain events that happened. 
and I'm really excited to see that movie. Um, the Bob Ross estate said it was okay to like use certain details from his life, and it's Owen Wilson, so Owen Wilson's a win in anything in my book. So yeah, go go to the movie theaters this week, and that is my recommendation. Nice. Um, I had a recommendation earlier, and now I can't think of it. But uh, my recommendation right now is um, so I'm currently finishing up the last episode of the recent FBI crossover between mm-hmm. the three FBI series, and this crossover was so much better. It was more consistent and flowed so much better than the last crossover that happened between the three. Um, so I definitely recommend watching the crossover even if you haven't watched any of the other ones you don't truly need to know the other stuff just watch Mm. the crossover it's fantastic um but i also recommend just getting out especially if it's sunny this weekend um Mm -hmm. and finding a park to go to and go walk because cabin fever is a thing and you should just go walk and enjoy sunshine especially if it's supposed to be i think it's supposed to be good weather um, mm-hmm. you might need a coat, but oh well, it's spring. It's not summer yet. It's still spring. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, like I said, you guys should reach out to us and tell us your favorite villains or antiheroes, or if you can think of anything that doesn't have a villain or antihero in it. Um. Let me know because we would very much like to know what that is. Um. And you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook at Raving Geeks. Um, and you can also check out our TikTok videos uh, on TikTok at Raving Geeks. I try to share them on Facebook and Twitter. I'm not the greatest at it. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, but as always, I've been Hope Goodrell along with my co-host. I'm Carter Sally. And we guys hope that you guys have a great weekie and stay geeky. See you guys later. Yeah.